With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC and your daily reminder that Liverpool are top of the league and I'd like to apologise for forgetting to remind you yesterday. You might have been walking around going about your day unaware of the fact that the Reds are top of the league. And we're not only top of the league, we're in the semi-finals of the EFL Cup. First leg to be played tonight at home to mighty Fulham, who gave us a hell of a game the last time they came north. We're also in the fourth round of the FA Cup, taking on either Norwich or Bristol Rovers. I fancy Bristol Rovers. I, we, we played Norwich a lot over the last 10 years. It's time for some, you know, some fresh blood, some fresh opponents. Haven't played Bristol Rovers in 32 years. So let's get a bit of Bristol Rovers going. Let's bring them north. Let's bring them to Anfield to reward them for sacking Joey Barton and no longer being a dreadful set of lads employing a one-man parcel. Let's do that. Let's have Bristol Rovers come to Anfield. And then obviously we are in the last 16 of the Europa League. And it's really nice in that we can just sit back now and relax in the Europa League. Let the teams who finished second in the group take on the teams dropping in out of the Champions League. Let them kick lumps out of each other. And then we'll just be waiting to pick the bones whenever the last 16 starts. Right, folks, um, question 
from Martin McMullen. Could you see a LeBron-style decision with a whole media circus for Mbappe? With our Nike and LeBron connections, it'd make sense and the whole world would tune in. Do you know what? I would actually love to see this. This is a great shout. I would love to see him do a sit-down with... It would have to be ESPN, I think, because if he's going to go to Madrid, doesn't make sense for it to be on Sky or TNT or wherever. If he's going to come to England, it would have to be, it wouldn't make sense to be on one of the Spanish networks. ESPN is probably the more global one. They certainly style themselves as that, the worldwide leader in sports. I think it would be quite cool if if Mbappe did a sit down and you know explained the decision process behind why he's going to go where he's going to go and it may well be that he stays at PSG. I mean there's no guarantee that he does leave. We've seen him do this power play with them before. He got down to the last 12 months of his contract before the last 6 months of his contract before and decided to re-up with them. And he signs contracts in clever ways, like he does a year extension and then options after that. And what that allows him to do is it allows him to keep pressure on PSG so that they have to keep building and investing. Now, I, I think they're going to do that anyway, but Mbappe's not a mug. And he knows that they've made an awful lot of bad decisions over the last few years. And it was pretty clear he wanted Neymar gone. It's pretty clear that if Mbappe had wanted Neymar at PSG, Neymar would still be there. I think he would have liked Messi to stay, but Messi obviously had his own path to follow. And Leo is leveling up the MLS. I mean, what an incredible impact he's had on viewership, on ticket sales. Now, I will say, shame on all MLS clubs for the way they're hiking prices and forcing real fans out of the games. But Messi's had an incredible impact on MLS. And I I think that move alone, that move alone raised the bar more for MLS and raise the level of MLS more and the the eyeballs on it and the interest in it than all of the players that have gone to Saudi combined. Because MLS is a real football league and you can have your gripes with certain things for sure and you can, you know, you can mock it as a retirement league if you want and, and there's certainly some truth to that. But I think they've done a really good job at kind of positioning themselves, not as a competitor to the Premier League or La Liga or Serie A or the Bundesliga, but as a kind of competitor for talent to the Turkish League, to the Eredivisie, to that next group. And they've got years and years of evidence that it is a good competitive league with a lot of good players. Whereas the Saudi League, I mean, it's always just been a cash grab. Nobody has ever moved to Saudi Arabia for any other reason other than cash. You know, even just Joe Soap, who goes to Saudi for work purposes, he's going for the cash. People from the Western world 
move to places like Saudi and Dubai and Doha and wherever else for money. They don't go there because they think it's what's generally, you know, going to improve their career. They do it because it'll improve their living circumstances. They do it for money. There is a great lifestyle to be found in a lot of those countries without question. I know one of the reasons around Henderson apparently looking to get out is that he hasn't enjoyed the lifestyle. I'm not really sure what he thought it was going to be. The the line about him not liking the climate is hilarious. I mean, a quick Google search would have told him. So I, I don't believe that part. But I, I can believe that, you know, a lad from Sunderland who's lived in Liverpool, you know, never been outside the north of England. Uh, I can believe that he might struggle with the lifestyle. If he'd lived in France and played in France, I, I think it might have been easier for him. Um, you know, not just France, other places as well. If, he, if he'd been, if he'd had a career that was more far flung, I, I don't think it would be as much of an issue for him. But he's a working class lad from a working class area who grew up in a working class city and then spent the majority of his career in a working class city. So to move to Saudi, I think he lives in Beiran. Um, it probably is just quite a big culture shock. Now, if he was to give it another six months, I do think he'd find it a lot easier. I, I do think they'd settle in and become more more comfortable w- with the way things are done. Uh, latest on him, apparently, is he's going to potentially, potentially, potentially going to Ajax, which is ju- just magnificent. The architects of the beautiful game, signing a fellow that treats a football like a hand grenade is just wonderful. Anyway, back to Mbappe, because uh, we've I've gone completely off on three different tangents there, um, which might be a record for me to do three different tangents at once, but this is a fourth tangent, so let's go back to Mbappe. I do think it would be quite cool if he was to do a sit-down with one of the big networks, I do think the eyes of the world would be on it because he is the best player in the world. Now, look, Leo is still Leo, but he's not he's not Leo anymore. He's not the same guy he was six years ago. He's still a great player. And he's still a worthy Ballon d'Or winner. But week to week, game to game, Kylian Mbappe is the best player on the planet. So I do think every football fan has a vested interest in where he goes next. Because regardless of where he goes, you're going to want to watch. So if he did decide to join Liverpool, if he did decide that, you know what? I've made stupid amounts of money and he has made stupid amounts of money at PSG. My next move is about career it's about legacy it's about winning I'm going to go and I'm going to play for Jurgen Klopp I'm going to go to Liverpool and I'm going to play for Klopp I'll take whatever they're giving Salah I'll take the same which I think we'd all agree is it would absolutely be fair he doesn't have obviously the track record with us but we're talking about again the best player on the planet so if, if Mo got a new contract 
for 400 grand a week and we gave Mbappe 400 grand a week. I don't think anybody would be put out by that. I don't think anyone would say it was undeserved. And while it's unlikely that, you know, we would, we, we, that we will get him, it wouldn't destroy our wage structure if we got him on a deal like that. Because remember, what we can do, what we could do, let's say we, we, he agrees to sign for us. Well, we have a large amount of money sitting to one side, which was originally meant to go on a defensive midfielder, i.e. Moises Caicedo. We did spend some of that money on Maturo Endo and Ryan Gravenberg, but the vast majority of that money is still there. Like there's, there's easily 70 million of that still sitting there in whatever way. What if we gave him that as a, as a signing bonus? Instead of paying a transfer fee to somebody else, what if we said to him, look, we'll give you 70 million as a signing bonus or you know, 50 million. We'll, we'll keep 20 for something else. We'll give you this money as a signing bonus and we'll do 400 grand a week for four years. That is a sustainable deal for us to do, especially with Thiago's 200 grand a week coming off the books. You're only adding 200 grand a week to our wage bill, which is manageable. So he gets 20 million a year from us. And then you could say to him, the 50 million, we'll, we'll just spread that for you. We'll spread that across. So in, in the end, you're going to earn 32 and a half million from us per year. You'll get a lump sum of 12.5 million each summer. And then you'll get 400 grand a week. Like, it's still probably less than Real are offering. There was talk that Real were offering a hundred million and they were going to pay him, I think, 600 grand a week and stuff like that. But, you know, we can only offer what we can offer. And we shouldn't, despite the fact that he is the best player in the world. I wouldn't like to see him come in at way above the players who've done incredible things for us. You know, I wouldn't like to see him come in at 200 grand a week more than Mo Salah at 350 grand a week more than Virgil, at 400 grand a week more than Alisson. But at the same money as Mo, you know, 150 grand a week more than Virgil, and I'm sure there'll be another Virgil contract to come, 200 grand a week more than Ali, there'll be another Ali contract to come. Obviously, we've got a Trent extension coming up that's going to see him get a, a decent pay rise, probably to about the 250 mark. But I mean, we're also growing as a club and we're adding more commercial partnerships along the way. The the Nike deal, obviously, that Martin mentions is is one that potentially could sway things in our favor. Maybe there's some way to work it out with Nike where they pay him more money than they are now on a new deal and, and that kind of supplements things. I still, I still am of the opinion he goes to Real. In the same way that I'm of the opinion that City are going to win the league. I say those things so that I don't get too focused on them and end up being disappointed. It's a coping mechanism. 
Um, but yeah, I, I do think him doing like a, a TV special where he talks about his journey, talks about his time at PSG, talks about what he was looking for, talks about what's behind his decision and then reveals his decision. Now, he shouldn't say, you know, I'm taking my talents to the banks of the Mersey. Someone would want to word it a bit better than that for him. It's not the same as I'm taking my talents to South Beach. But it would be very cool. Look, maybe stick it on NESN and, and have them do the rights from there. Uh, and, and, you know, give him a share of the a share of the ad revenue off it as part of a signing bonus. There are ways for us to do the deal. I just think it's unlikely that we can get to what he would want. But we do have an ace in the hole, and that's his mother, who's very, very important in his career. And she's a huge Liverpool fan, huge Liverpool fan. He's talked about that openly. And then we have the Klopp factor. Jürgen has put in a lot of legwork on Mbappe over the years. And a lot of it is just because Jürgen's a really good guy. And when Mbappe was a teenager and we tried to sign him the first time, Jürgen and him hit it off. Because Jürgen has that fatherly air to him where you know he looks out for all of his players. Remember when Mo, Mane and Aubameyang shared the golden boot and he said, oh, all my players. Because he still viewed Aubameyang as one of his guys. He still checks in on his former players regularly and wants the best for them. I'd imagine even the odd player across the years that's wronged him or that maybe he's not gotten on the best with, like someone like Perisic, I'd imagine Jürgen still cared that even Perisic went on and had a good career because he's just that type of guy. He's not like me. <laughs> he doesn't have the petty streak that I have where I want them all to fail endlessly. Um, it would be very cool if Mbappe did it, even if he did it and said he was going to Real. Like, it'd still be cool to see. I don't think it would make him a villain the way... Uh, LeBron going to the Heat made him a villain because the LeBron thing was part of the Chris Bosch, Dwayne Wade, you know, situation. All three of them agreeing to sign their Wade was obviously there already, but they manipulated the salary cap. And clearly, clearly there'd been some fuckery beforehand where they told Pat Riley, look, we're, we're really strongly considering this. Um, I still to this day don't believe Pat Riley found out that LeBron James was signing for the Heat the day he did. Not even as he said it. I don't believe he found out that day. I think he knew days in advance. That's why he cleared so much salary cap, traded away a number two overall pick in Michael Beasley for peanuts and so on and so forth. I don't think Mbappe would have that same type of you know villain tag that LeBron had when he went there. There is... There is definitely one red flag on Mbappe. He does seem to be a bit of a spoiled brat. But I don't necessarily think that's his fault because he wasn't like that at Monaco. And he wasn't like that when he first went to PSG. 
But I think PSG have enabled him. And look, if Eddie Gibbs told me tomorrow that I can do whatever I want with Anfield Index and I can call the shots and I can get rid of whoever and bring in whoever and I'm going to get paid all the money and everybody else can scamper around for, you know, for peanuts and that's just how it's going to be. I'd probably become a spoiled brat myself. Now, maybe I am already, but, um, I, you know, I think if someone gives you that much leeway, you are probably going to, like, I'd kind of be like, well, I wonder what boundaries I can push here now. Like, can I just say, Downey, you're out of the hot seat. I'm hosting Raw. Would that fly? Definitely wouldn't fly with Trev. But if if Eddie or and Gags and, and Greg were to say to me, look, you can do whatever you want now, I, I'd probably at least kick the tires on that sort of thing just for shits and giggles and to see who I could upset. And I, I kind of feel like that's what's happened with Mbappe there as well. They've given him so much leeway. They've basically turned their club over to him. That's their fault. I don't know that it's his fault. Again, like if you're in your job today and tomorrow and someone says to you, you know what we're going to do? Because we're afraid you're going to leave and go somewhere else. We're going to give you three times the money. You can make your own hours. You can work on whatever you want to work on. You can have whatever role you want to have. You can pick and choose who you work with. You can pick and choose who works here. I think everybody would would jump at that and and probably abuse the power you'd have. I don't think anyone would go, I know I'm fine. No, no, Jesus, no. Put, just put me in a like put me in a room over there by myself and give me all the work and I'll tell you what, I'll take less money. You give me less money and I'll do more work. I don't think anyone's gonna do that. So I don't necessarily blame Mbappe for some of the bratty behavior. Now, should he should he be better? Yeah, he should. But again, I think it's more because he's been enabled rather than him actually being a dickhead. Um, Fabio Carvalho has finalized his loan to Hull City and been unveiled today. So best of luck. To him, Tyler Morton's obviously done well there. Uh, Liam Rossinger seems to be a very promising young coach. Very highly thought of, especially as a development coach. So, fingers crossed. You know, you see what he's done with Jacob Greaves there as well. And I I think that's a positive move for, for Fabio. And look, the last time Fabio was in the championship, he absolutely tore it up. And hopefully, hopefully he does the same. And I don't know that he has a future at Liverpool because I don't know that there's a position that he makes sense in. But a really good loan there. Maybe there's a way then to work him into a deal in the summer to bring in somebody that we want. Like, for example, if we if we are really serious about buying Michael Elise, as has been rumoured, perhaps Palace would have an interest in him and that might knock a chunk off the Elise fee. Or it might earn him a good loan to a Premier League side next season, which, if he does really well, could lead to an even bigger fee for us the following year. 
Uh, injuries, winter breaks and VAR, 10 things to know ahead of Liverpool versus Fulham. Liverpool lineup versus Fulham, one guaranteed starter and Elliot or Diaz. Well, I would say both personally. Uh, I would start Harvey in midfield and I would start Diaz right wing or go 4-4-2 and start them on opposite wings. Um, Virgil's back. Zabozlai is not. Trent's a few weeks. Costas and Robbo back training at the end of the month. I think Costas is going to be back before Robbo, to be honest. Can I just address this? I saw the dumbest tweet. Look, there have been issues over the last few years with our medical staff and not necessarily um, getting players back as promptly as they, they maybe should or could. But I saw a tweet today where some fella said, we need to talk about Liverpool's medical staff. And he put up a picture that included Virgil van Dijk, who was ill, not injured, Andy Robertson, who got injured on international duty, Costa Simicus, who got injured in a freak coming together with Saka, Endo, who's on international duty, and Mo Salah, who's on international duty. Like, moronic, utterly moronic. I see people as well having big old cries that we haven't signed anybody. Like, you have to think, like, I, I want signings as well. I think we need to make a signing or two in this window. I've said that all along. But I don't just want to make a signing for the sake of making a signing. Like, I think, I think Joe Polina makes sense for us because I think he's an upgrade on what we have in the number six position. With that being said, I can see hugely legitimate arguments for not signing him, given his age, given his limitations on the ball, which I'd imagine are part of the reason we didn't sign Declan Rice, you know, his limitations on the ball. I think we're looking for a specific type of profile there in that sixth position, someone that's both elite defensively, which Rice isn't, Palinia is, and very, very good at progressing the ball, which I know Rice is good progression numbers. Those numbers don't mean anything. Henderson used to have good progressive numbers, and the fella spent all day passing it back and forth to centre-backs. Chuameni is an elite line-breaker. Caicedo is a very good line-breaker. There's a reason we went for them. There's a reason I think Bubakar Kamara is the right one for summer, but he won't be available until summer. There's a reason I could see us going for Gamerish, who I don't think is great defensively, but he is very good defensively. He's not a natural six, but he has played there since joining the tune. And if we're being honest, only Rodri has been better in that period of time. Now, Kamara has been better this season. Basuma has been better this season. I'm talking about the entirety of that 18-month span. Actually, it's two years now since he joined, since Gamerish went there. Um, only Rodri has been better over that time. So I could see the logic in us moving for him. So I, and, I can, and likewise, I can see the logic in not going for Ajao Polina. Czech Dukure was another one that ticked a lot of boxes for us, but he's got a torn Achilles. So you start to look around the group of, of holding midfielders that we might want aren't available in this in this window. 
the centre-back we might want, not available maybe. Like it could be that we're looking at Lenny Yarrow or Usman Diamande. Both have been reported as, as targets. They're not available at this moment. Now, you could go to Sporting and you could play pay Diamande's release clause, but that's the only way you're going to get him is to lump 70 million in one go at them because they're trying to win the league this year. So they want to keep him and Inacio. That's why they won't negotiate on either at the moment, but they will in the summer. We might want Hincapié for that left-sided defensive role, but he's not available this month either because Leverkusen have sent two of their best defenders off to AFCON. So they need Hincapié to play centre-back for the next month or so. So that, that's this is the thing. The players we want... Now, again, I, I think at times we can be a little bit too fussy and be a bit, little bit obsessed with a player when there are really good alternatives. The issue is, I don't know that there's any really good alternatives available now. Like, I don't know what Lille would want for Lenny Yarrow. They're trying to get into the top four. If they get top four and secure that, or top three as it is in, in France, and they secure Champions League football, well, then the Euro price is likely less in the summer than it would be now. The same goes for Nice, which Jean-Claire Tadibo, they're trying to get Champions League football for next year. So yeah, there's there's loads of really good players out there and there's loads of players that I look at and think he'd be really good in our team. Like he'd really fit in well and fill a need for us. They just might not be available in this window at a price that's feasible for us, at a price that we deem to be value. And you can bitch and moan all you want and certainly plenty of crazy people do about FSG being tight, and I agree, at times they're very fucking tight, but at the same time, I don't want us drastically overpaying for players. I don't want us paying £105 for a 55 to £60 million midfielder like Arsenal did in the summer. I don't want us paying £65 for a £30 million, I don't really know what he is, player like Arsenal did in the summer. I don't want us being Chelsea. The reason I was happy for us to overpay for Caicedo in the summer is that while he's not a £100 million or £111 million player now, I do think he has the potential to be that player. And you'd be getting him for eight, nine, ten years. And... He was the last piece in that midfield puzzle. But barring, like I say, Bubakar, Kamara, Chuameni, or if I could pick anybody, Eduardo Camavinga, there isn't a six out there right now that screams at me. Dekure was the other, but he's injured. That screams at me, I'm the last piece in that puzzle. I think it's those three. And they're not available now. Villa will not consider a Camara sale under any circumstances. And I don't think Real would consider sales for Chuameni 
or for Camavinga. I just don't think they would at this point. In the summer, maybe. If they're getting Mbappe and they're, they want to get Alfonso Davies and they're looking at a right back, and I think there's rumours they want a centre-back as well, then maybe they'd consider it. Or if they wanted to bring Bruno Gimerich to Real as a replacement for Tony Cruz, then they might consider selling one of the two French lads, in which case we would need to be all over it. But we wouldn't be able to be all over it if we'd already spent that money on a Jair Polina. So, you know, a little bit of patience here. It's worth remembering, just because you buy a player doesn't mean you win anything. We could go out tomorrow and spend $100 million on two players and still finish second. Just as easily as we could not spend anything and win the league. You know, like, you don't know how, the, how quickly players are going to settle. <clears throat> Last thing before I go. Um, can we just stop on the, oh, what a bullet we dodged on Caicedo. Oh, Endo's better than Caicedo. Uh, Alexis McAllister made Endo, uh, made, made Caicedo look like 150 million. Can we stop the utter horseshit on Caicedo and every other player, frankly, including Levi Colwell? Players struggling at other clubs is irrelevant to how they would do at Liverpool. Completely fucking irrelevant. If Moises Caicedo came to Liverpool, he was joining a team with a world-class manager who had a specific role in mind for him. He was joining because the best recruitment room in England identified him analytically and by the eye test as the ideal piece in the puzzle. That's why we wanted him. World-class manager, world-class people deemed him the right fit, deemed him a square peg in a square hole. Chelsea are the worst-run club in the Premier League. Maybe other than Everton, but it's close. They signed him because their owner's an idiot. And he thought, if I just throw money around, it doesn't really matter whether the pieces fit. They're all really good players, and we'll make it work. Because he doesn't know anything about football. His background is in baseball, like our owners, but he's not a smart baseball owner. He's also not a primary baseball owner. He's not a decision-maker. He's just a fucking blowhard for the Dodgers. So they signed him and didn't stop and think, is he the right piece? And the answer is no. He's not the right piece for them next to Enzo Fernandez. That midfield has that midfield pairing, there's too much overlap between them. They both want to play in similar areas. They're different types of players, obviously, but they both want to play in similar areas. That midfield doesn't work. Onana and Enzo, that would have worked. If they'd gone to Everton and said, look, here's 80 million, we'll take Onana. Overpay, sure, 20, 30 million of an overpay, but the fit would have been ideal. 
if they'd gone to, well, they tried to. They tried to go to Sporting and get Ugart. Ugart and Enzo, perfect. But Caicedo and Enzo was not a perfect fit. And when people tell you, oh, he had his heart set on Chelsea all along. No, he didn't. Because if he did, they wouldn't have tried to sign Ugarte. If they knew Caicedo was coming, they would not have gone and tried to sign Manuel Ugarte. They just wouldn't have. His agent made that decision for him because his agent is in control, was in control of his career. Because his agent found him as a young, poor kid, financially supported him, financially supported his family, moved his family to England, paid for his family's house in London. Do you think that on three and a half grand a week, a week Moises Caicedo was paying the way of 11 relatives living in London in multiple houses and having a home for himself? Do you really think that was the case? No, his agent was paying that. He owed his agent a significant amount of money, which is how these slime balls operate with young players who grow up poor. That's why they have so much control. Moises Caicedo was happy to join Liverpool until his agent said, you're joining Chelsea because they've offered me the biggest bag of money. Simple as that. If we'd signed Moises... He would be dominating games and we'd be eight points clear at the top of the league. And also, if you're still pushing the, oh, it was a PR move. Number one, you don't know what PR is. And number two, you are a a single digit IQ clown who, who really needs to step away from the internet. You are unqualified to be on the internet. Uh, Anfieldindex.com. There's a piece about Joel Matip potentially heading to Saudi. Steven Gerrard apparently looking to recruit him because it's all gone swimmingly. At Al Etafak thus far. There's a piece about Pedro Neto. I'd love Pedro Neto. Genuinely think he's the perfect left winger for us. Uh, ben Boczek has had his say, and he thinks Diamande is, is a typical Liverpool centre-back, and I am entirely in agreement. Uh, Andrew Beasley's latest piece is up as well. And we've got a couple of new podcasts. There is a Media Matters with Dave Davis and Ben Boczek, and there is a new Scouted. Uh, Carl heading away on his second holiday of the year. Uh, which is fair effort. I mean, it's the it's the tenth of of January, and he's away on his second holiday of the year, just back from Spain, and, and now heading for Mexico. So you know, if you're ever looking for a, a career change, a career change, working for the Independent pays stunningly well by the sounds of things. Um, he's, he is going to work. He's he's going to cover Formula E, but. Make sure you tweet him at Carl Matchett and, and tell him to enjoy his second holiday of the year. And please continue to send Trev Downey Christmas trees, uh, pictures of your tree. If you still have your tree up, if you're one of the good sort that still have your Christmas tree up, send pictures of it to Trev Downey, uh, at Downey Trev on the Twitter machine. 
But yeah, scouted media matters. We'll have a raw straight after the Fulham game. Take care of yourselves. Up the Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.